Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Toyo Open Country AT3. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Jason McIntyre, Straight Fire for Wednesday. April 7th. What a week it has been in the sports world. Great Final Four college basketball in the rearview mirror. And now we turn our attention to the NBA. We will eventually get to the NFL draft. I tried to sell Rob G on this whole Adam Schefter, Mac Jones story. He's not having it. He's not having it. And that's fine because we're still a month out and I'm not buying the Mac Jones stuff either. I don't want to spend 20 minutes taking a dump on Adam Schefter, who's a really good reporter. And I'm I'm friendly with the guy. Um, I will say we have a phenomenal interview coming up. I told you guys yesterday. We're going to veer off the beaten path for interviews now that March Madness is done. So we have a guy coming up. I work with him at the big lead. He has worked at SI.com. He worked for Outkick, Clay Travis's site, Ryan Glassbeagle. He covers sports media. He broke the Paul Pierce fired by ESPN News this week, which was a massive story. I didn't even realize that. I got to be honest. Rob G., I know you love the NBA. I know you devour all of Paul Pierce's takes. I mean— I did. I didn't think his firing was that big of a deal, but like it was massive on the internet. Yeah, I mean, uh, and I, I'm glad that um, we'll get to it in the interview later. But Ryan did point out that um, 
to say that Paul Pierce was fired specifically because of that video might be overstating it, considering he did do a on-air breakdown of an NBA game where he thought the other team won. <laughs> so if that wasn't the tipping point, I don't know yeah. what may have been. Paul Pierce. Um, I, I do mention later in the pod, and some of the my buddies who are listening to this will know, Paul Pierce is known to play in some very high-stakes card games out here in L.A. I have not played in one of the games with him. I've been invited. I heard the buy-in. I said, thank you. I, I will pass. I'm not even going to run that by the wife. Um but uh, I, Paul Pierce likes to party. I'll just leave it at that. All right, let's go, let's get to quickly what I think is probably the biggest story in sports. And remember, college hoops is done. Uh, we're not going to break down the Masters for you with no Tiger Woods. And ESPN drops this top 25 players under the age of 25 in the NBA story. And, of course, Stephen A. Smith, you know how the machine works, right? This is how your sausage is made. Drop a list. Have Stephen A. Smith rant and rave about it without really arguing the merits of the list. Hope it goes viral and get people talking. Like that's what that's all you want right now. And we talk about this a little bit in the interview. The new media formula is can you get people talking on social media, which is really idiotic because it does it's pretty clear it doesn't translate to viewers. So what's the point? At any rate, a top ESPN's top 25 for 25 list was Luka Doncic. There's not going to be any argument. Rob and I will present our top five. I don't think Rob has any beef with Luka Doncic, 22 years old. MVP candidate, was the preseason MVP favorite. Mavs are cooking right now, if you guys haven't been paying attention during the NCAA tournament. Um, listen, I Rob, you can't push back on Luka possibly at this point, could you? Oh, not at all. Okay, just, just want to make is, sure. Is, is she, if I could redo the list, it'd be Luca one, two, three, four, oh, and then we'll geez. figure out who's fifth. Okay. So it sounds like there may be some disagreement or two. Listen, I thought there was a case for Jason Tatum at two. Yes, I have a Jason Tatum NBA MVP futures ticket that I haven't ripped up yet, but it is close to going in the fireplace. And listen, Tatum's been phenomenal. We'll get to him shortly. But I don't have any disagreement with Zion Williamson at number two. He is 20 years old, not even 21 yet, and he's putting up absurd numbers. He is the NBA's best scorer in the paint since Shaq. Now, I know centers are not in vogue anymore, but there's been a lot of good power forwards and big guys since Shaq. Zion's unguardable right now. He really is. I mean, yes, he's not really playing great defense, and I'm sure Rob will punch your holes in that. Um, And yes, it hurts that the Pelicans stink, but... I don't necessarily think it's his fault that they built a crappy roster. I don't think Brass and David Griffin are saying, Zion, what do you think we should do in the offseason? So I'm not going to blame the Pelicans' failures on Zion. Remember, LeBron missed the playoffs in his second year in the NBA. Uh, Jason Tatum, for what it's worth, has been to the Eastern Conference Finals three of the last four years. I don't have any problem with Zion as the second-best player under the age of 25 in the NBA. But I have a feeling Rob G might. No, okay. I don't actually. Okay, all right. I do all not. Right. <laughs> I like that we're on the same page here. This is gonna be it, easy. It's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable that we're on the same page. I don't know yes, about we're on the same page. So now, now you'll disagree. I have Tatum at three. Um, Jason Tatum for me is uh, just a phenomenal player. And I know it doesn't look great that the Celtics have taken a step back. They lost again last night um, to the Sixers. They're kind of a middling team. They've had a lot of injuries. Kemba, Marcus Smart, Tatum had COVID. I just, I don't know that there's a case that anyone else on this list is A, better than Tatum, 
or B, you could build around them above Tatum. And I just, everything I've seen from Tatum, I think he will win at least one MVP in his career. I think he will win at least one title in his career. Um, I don't think it's possible that Danny Ainge and Brad Stevens could screw this team up worse than they have here in the last uh, few months. I didn't love their offseason. It seemed like at the deadline, the owner decided we don't want to pay the luxury tax, so Daniel Thies was jettisoned. And I know he's not the difference between them winning a title, but he was a capable big last year, and they got slaughtered again in the paint by the Sixers last night. Listen, bottom line, Tatum, 23 years old. For me, a clear number three. I feel like you looked at my list before we started this podcast because I wrote this down in order. Now, I hope, I think we're going to be disagreeing at number four, but one through three, that, that to me, that was easy. It was Luka, Zion, Tatum. I think there might be some disagreement at number four and five, but I, I'm with you one through three. Okay. Uh, I'm just going to say this. I like LaMelo Ball a lot. He's not in my top five. He's just not. Um, he's playing on a team with some pretty good players. Uh, Hayward, Rozier. Uh, Graham, and yeah, Mamelo's been great. He's only 19. He's putting up good numbers. Hasn't played enough games for me to get on this list. I like Donovan Mitchell, but he's on a loaded team. I don't have him there either. I like De'Aaron Fox a lot. I like Ben Simmons. Uh, Rob G, I'm calling an audible. You're not going to like it. For me, the fourth best player under the age of 25 in the NBA is Jamal Murray. Of the Denver oh, Nuggets. Now, I know goodness. a lot of it was enhanced by what he did in the bubble, and he was phenomenal. Uh, he was just a bucket getter. And a lot of people say, well, hey, jo- uh, you know, Jamal Murray's taking a little step back during the regular season. And oh, oh I, I think these people weren't paying attention during the NCAA tournament because Jamal Murray's been cooking. Since they got Aaron Gordon, I'm telling you, the Nuggets are. Again, it's a small sample size. They're the best team in the league since they got Aaron Gordon. They have not lost. Jamal Murray's been incredible, okay? Murray had a great month of March. Uh, shot 48 from the field, 43 from three, averaged 20 and five assists. I, 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 I'm, I'm sorry. I have a man crush on Jamal Murray. He is an absolute scoring machine. And I have him as the fourth best guy under the age of 25 in the league. Now, I know... That's going to really irk all the, all the buddies of mine who listen to this and know I am big time, big time on the Ben Simmons bandwagon. And I like D-Book a lot. And no disrespect to Mitchell. He's very, very good. And I like De'Aaron Fox, but I got to give the nod to Jamal Murray. Uh, it's okay. You can be wrong on your own podcast. That's fine. <laughs> um, well, first off, two things. Number one, I think that you misinterpreted the list because the list is not the top 25 players right now. It's the top 25, including their future potential. I don't know if Jamal Murray has the potential that some of the other guys do on the list. That's number one. Number two, and if you did it based on the top 25 right now, he should nowhere near the top five. Like he, he, he had a great bubble with no fans, and that's something that people need to start – accepting as as being part of uh, of what's true and what's not true about it. I mean, Kentavious Caldwell Pope was like a 50% three-point shooter in the bubble when no, there were no fans. So, you know, anybody can get hot when there's really no pressure. Um, I, I don't have him anywhere near the top five. Um, you mentioned the guy I do have at number four, and that's Ben Simmons. And I think that as good as he is, we still have not seen the best version of him because he is stuck on a roster that doesn't fit his skills. Yeah. 
you know, I would love to see him in a Giannis type situation where he's a point forward and he can dictate the terms of the offense. Instead, he's he's paired with a, a big man who clogs the paint, and, it, and the ball is it, he's he's not exactly being used to the best of his ability. So to me, he's number four. If he was in a different situation, I think you'd see a much better version of Ben Simmons. I, I'm with you on Simmons. I, he he's five for me. Um, I, I'm a huge fan. I I actually feel like. He's slipped in the eyes of fans, like because the Sixers have regressed again. They've had coach issues, they've had spacing issues. He's approaching twenty-five. He's one of the older guys on this list. He's a defensive player of the year candidate. Two fun stats from the list: uh, Ben Simmons fourth in deflections, second in loose balls recovered. He's just everywhere, like an octopus on defense. He's a defensive player of the year candidate. I I I actually would rather see him elsewhere thriving. I think he can be a number one option on a team, a best player if someone's willing to commit to small ball and he is your uh, Draymond Green at the five. Now, he's not going to want to guard Jokic or what have you, but he can. He's capable of it defensively. I I think he needs a fresh start to really be uh, considered one of the elite players in this league. Remember, this guy went number one overall. Now, I do want to just push back quickly on your um, you know, taking shots at Jamal Murray. Um, (laughs) First of all, it's unwarranted. And second of all, <laughs> when I look at top 25, under 25, and yes, future potential matters, but that's a big guess. You can look at the past and see what guys have done when it matters the most in the playoffs. Luka was great. He'd only been in one playoff series, but he's great. Zion Williamson, no playoff series. Okay, Donovan Mitchell, I'm going to ask you this. I don't know the answer. Has he been out of the first round of the playoffs yet? I think they didn't. They beat... Um... The Thunder with Russell Westbrook and Paul George? Yes, they did. Good call. Yes, so he's been out of the first round once. Um, He's never had a playoff series like Jamal Murray. Um, Jason Tatum I already talked about. De'Aaron Fox I like a lot. He he was my case. uh, I wanted him to be in the top five. It's so funny, though. Trey Young, who doesn't sniff my list, but was very upset on social media that he was not. What was he? He was 16th or something? Yeah, he was 16th. He said, you know, a lion doesn't care about the opinions of the sheep or whatever. Something along the One of those sayings. And, and the problem is everybody sees Trey Young because he's on the East Coast playing early. Fox, buried in Sacramento, never on TV, putting up 24-7. and seven. Like, he's borderline unstoppable for a guy who doesn't really have a three-point shot yet. And he's only 23. I, 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 I like Fox a lot, but, you know, he's never been in the playoffs. Devin Booker. We're going to see what he's made of in the postseason this year. Uh, again, stat padding on bad teams. Um, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, another really talented player. For me, you know, who are you taking, Jason? Jamal Murray or Shea? It's Jamal Murray, no no question. Brandon Ingram, I know he's your guy. Former Laker. He, I'm That's sorry. Right. Jalen Brown, I like him a lot. Uh, really good player. Probably a more complete player than Jamal Murray, but I, I, I'm team Jamal Murray. He, the guy's just a score. He's just a bucket getter. He's fearless. He will... And he gets bonus points. I don't know if you remember this, but when Lonzo Ball, your boy, came into the league with the Lakers, Jamal Murray targeted his ass from the jump. It was early and often. Got in trash talking. Like, basically, he was upset that Lonzo was getting all this hype and Jamal Murray wasn't getting the love from the media. And he went at him. They had, I think, two or three instances where you could just tell Lonzo did not want any part of it. He didn't want the smoke. And Murray was bringing it. And, you know, fair enough. I've defended Jamal Murray enough. But that, that Ben Simmons is my number five. Um, 
I, I'm sure some people are going to say, where's John Morant? Eh, I mean, can't shoot the ball. Like, could I beat John Morant in horse? Probably not. <laughs> um, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, of course. He just, he can't shoot. He's 25% on threes, Rob. That's very 25. Russell Westbrook of him. That's, that's what, exactly. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. is not there yet, but my goodness, is he on fire lately. So um, who, who's your fifth? Uh, well, before I get to my fifth, I want to just touch on two of the guys that you mentioned who are not on my list. Number one being Trey Young. And I, I was miffed that he decided to go off on Twitter with his little quote and his picture that was pretty cute that he did. You know, it's funny that he says he doesn't care about the opinion of sheep. And, and you know, in the grand scheme of things, guys like you, guys like me, the sports writers who came up with this list, you know, our opinions don't really matter, you know, to them. You know, the opinions do matter are the coaches, the scouts, the executives. ESPN did a previous uh, a survey last year. This was before the resume of the bubble. They had a uh, jaw Zion, Luca and Trey young says, rank them one through four and who you most want to build around. You know, who came in a distant last place. Oh, that would be Trey. Young. Trae young. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's so, not bad. He just can't, he definitely cannot be he, a one. He can't on defend. He, he is, he is by any metric. I believe he's the second worst defender in the NBA behind Anthony Simons, uh, you know, amongst qualified players. Ooh. So, yeah, you know, stat nuggets. Okay. Trey Young, the, the idea of Trey Young and the social media, you know, hype train of Trey Young is much more exciting and, and better than the actual player. Boy, the Trey Young stands are going to be all up in your Instagram DMs tomorrow, dude. Jeez. That's oh fine. My gosh. So that's number one. Number two, the other one who did not make my list was Devin Booker. And I've said it before. I think he is, you know, Zach Levine of the West. You know, oh, you know, it's. He, 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 up until this season, he had been a guy who was a good stats, bad team guy. And, and not to say he's not talented, but he, he'd never affected winning in a way you would expect a guy of his quote unquote caliber to do it. And, and that's why there's a reason as soon as Chris Paul became, came aboard, they started winning because if, even if Chris Paul's not putting up the big stats, he affects winning in ways that you can't quantify in a lot of ways, the leadership, the structure to your team. That kind of thing. On that roster on Phoenix, there's a reason why Chris Paul was voted as an all-star and <laughs> Devin Booker had to get in as an alternate. You know, because everybody knows the only true difference maker on that roster is Chris Paul. So that's why Devin Booker is not making But D-Book had 70 against somebody in a loss. <laughs> yeah, against the Boston Celtics. And he was all proud of it. They took pictures of it and they were clowning him afterwards. 70 points the, is a lot. I mean, in the impressive. Boston locker room. Uh, but my fifth guy, and, and this might shock you, is LaMelo Ball. I think of everybody on this list, outside of probably Zion, I think he may have the biggest star potential. Mm. You know, I think that you know what he, we saw from him in just half a season as a rookie tells me that he has the potential to be a top five player in the NBA. You know, I think I, that, yeah, I can't disagree. I mean, he he's got to be top seven based on the small sample size we've seen. Yeah, I mean, I mean, to see a guy of his size that we all knew he could pass coming in. I think nobody knew that his shot, which is kind of wonky, you know, when he was in high school and, and in uh, Lithuania and Australia, <laughs> was going to translate the way that it yeah. did. And it's not just that he can shoot it a little bit; it's that he has the confidence to pull up from all spaces of the floor like you know yeah. See, uh, there, but if, if you'll notice rob one of the problems with this list is it skews toward the younger guys right right lucas 22 zion's 20 uh, lamello which was number three on the list is like 19 and reason being is we've seen jalen brown for four or five years and now we've established eh, really really good player can he be your number two 
on a title contender? And I think the answer is yes, but I don't know if he could be the number two if your number one plays like the same position, you know? Um, And then you look at some of the other guys on this list and you're like, well, you know, Devin Booker, really, really good, awesome stats. I I don't know, can, can Devin Booker be your number one on a, on, a, on a team that even gets to the playoffs. And then you look at a guy like uh, Donovan Mitchell, who is almost hurt because penalized for being older. You know, he is a year and a half older than Jason Tatum. And it feels like Donovan Mitchell's been in the league forever. You know, this guy came in out of Louisville. I think he was like a 12-point-a-game guy at Louisville. I was like, what's he doing? And he's just been awesome in the league. But he's also been the number one on a team that's gotten out of the first round once. And... You know, it's almost like he's being penalized. He's done more than LaMelo Ball, there's no doubt. But the potential for LaMelo Ball is still there, where Donovan Mitchell's like, eh, we've seen a lot of him. Have we seen the best? Do you think that we've seen the best of Donovan Mitchell at 24 years old? Of course not. But if you would tell me that, if you were to say, hey, is LaMelo Ball five years from now going to be better than what Donovan Mitchell is now, I would say a thousand percent yes. Well, maybe. But that, that's just my opinion, and that, that's why I think that I would lean towards a guy like LaMelo Ball right. or Donovan Mitchell. So the problem He's five is, years younger than him. Donovan Mitchell's been the number one guy on Utah in like, for like three years. LaMelo right now, I mean, he didn't even start the season as a starter. He's basically, what, the th- number three guy? I think it's Rogier, Hayward, and LaMelo in some form? Yeah, I would say that. Like, it's, mm-hmm. There's no pressure on you being the number three, you know? I mean, De'Aaron Fox has been the number one guy since they got there. Bagley was a ma- massive bust. Um, you know, Bam Adebayo's on this list. We barely talked about him. Like, he's an awesome player. Great bubble. Can he be your number one or your number two? I mean, I think he was their number two last year at, behind Butler and they got to the finals, or was it Hero? Like, I, it's a little tougher. And like, anyways, but... Um, yeah, I guess it's a fun list. It's a fun talking point. I'm sure we'll do this with the NFL soon. Um, to round out, I'm a little surprised you had LaMelo five, um, but not totally because you're such a, a ball family, <laughs> big baller brand guy. Big baller's chicken. All right. So, uh, without further ado, here's our interview with Ryan Glassbeagle. This is it. We've got an Amex platinum pro on our hands. Ladies and gentlemen, we haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. 
Choose from the full line of Toyo tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Toyo test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. You know a guy. Jason likes to think he knows everything when it comes to sports. I know what sports fans want. But for everything he doesn't, he knows a guy who does. Let's just say, I know a guy who knows a guy who knows another guy. All right, let's welcome into Straight Fire, a guy I worked with for many, many moons at the big lead. And he was briefly at, I think, sportsillustrated.com. He was at OutKick. He's worked a lot of places, and he had a huge media scoop this week. Paul Pierce getting dumped by ESPN. Let's welcome in Ryan Glassbeagle. Ryan, how are you, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Great to talk to you, Jason. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm awesome. Uh, You know, it's the kids' spring break week, so they're off school. So naturally, I'm awesome. I know you have a couple little kids at home and uh, a newborn in the fold, and you are in Chicago, right? Correct. It is gorgeous. on um, a Tuesday in Chicago. Yeah. You know, listen, it it can, Chicago can run hot and cold and you know, you guys are getting it really nice now, but I I, want to start here. Let's, you've been covering the media beat for what we think like maybe a decade in sports media. Almost. Yeah. I mean, maybe about eight years. A lot has changed. And we saw this Paul Pierce move happen almost, you know, in the span of what's 48 hours, he goes on Instagram while he's drinking with some chicks twerking in the background in a thong. I, I don't really know what was going on. I-, I only saw screen grabs, so I didn't think it was a huge deal. And then on Monday, you break the news that Paul Pierce got fired by ESPN. I was like stunned. And then all these people sent me the video. I don't know, man. What, what do you make of this, Ryan? Like Paul Pierce was on ESPN pregame. Uh, he was on the jump. He was on all their shows for NBA and now they just fire him over a video. Yeah. I mean, so there's like a lot of different layers at play here. I think the video was like very lurid or racy or whatever word you want to use. I mean, obviously there wasn't nudity in it and there wasn't any illegal activities, but we, we always hear with ESPN and Disney that you're, in a way more beholden to the mouse and they want um, their talents to 
at least, I mean, not necessarily live on the straight and narrow, but the fact that Pierce shared this out himself, I think to ESPN's bosses conveyed a lack of judgment. And then there's just, I mean, other issues. It's like, you don't want to speculate too much, but in that video and his, in his subsequent um, kind of reactions to the video and getting fired, he doesn't seem that he is of the complete straight mindset right now. And I don't want to like go into whatever is going on in his life, but he doesn't look like he is kind of primed for all of his like professional work. And it was weird. Like at ESPN, his role really for the last several years was he would say dumb things and people (laughs) would react to them. And when your role is like saying dumb things and you start to like slip in your analysis from there, I think that ESPN probably wasn't enamored with his work before this happened. And so it was a little bit like the top of a pyramid. Yeah, so I just looked this up as you were explaining it. Paul Pierce made nearly $200 million as an NBA player. And there is the legendary boxing quote about it's tough to get up and grind when you're sleeping in silk sheets. And, you know, Paul Pierce is ridiculously wealthy. What's he even doing on there? He, As you said, every time I saw a clip of him, he was totally mailing it in. Like, did he even want to be there? Was this his way of maybe purposely getting fired? Now, I have heard out here in L.A., Paul Pierce played in some very high-stakes poker games. And um, I couldn't tell if that was a poker game and they just brought women to massage and dance while the poker was happening. But it almost seemed like, hey, man, I'm done here. Let me go out with a bang. Yeah, I, well, it's a... Uh... We're going to get to this, and I don't want to like spoil the future of this segment, but in this fragmented content universe, um, Pierce is making about a million and a half a year, according to Michael McCarthy of Front Office Sports, which for Ryan Glassbeagle or even Jason McIntyre, that's a lot of money. But to your point, he made $200 million as a player, whatever, after taxes, after agent fees. He's got to have if he hasn't squandered it, you've got to think he's got a net worth of over 50 million or so, just if you had to guess. But um, this isn't a huge amount of money for his labor. And so what might be like a lifelong dream for you and I of being on the ESPN bumper coverage of the NBA is not something that he, for whatever reason, was super intellectually stimulated by. But already within like, an hour of him getting um, let go by ESPN and that news becoming public. Dave Portnoy of Barstool Sports made public overtures for him. I don't want to say what the brand is, but I had a a company who's at the intersection of digital media and gambling reach out to me and say, do you know who Paul Pierce's agent is? With the implication being they would like to hire him for some type of like, gambling affiliate role and so there's all different types of sports media employers right now where his authenticity would not need to be bottled up as it clearly had to be at espn with the way that things came to an end that's so funny that um some gambling executive out there thinks Hey, let's hire Paul Pierce. He'll drive people to gamble. Like like any fan, <laughs> like any <laughs> fans are, are clamoring for Paul Pierce's take against a spread in a game. Like that's just well, it's uh, regional. Un- I mean, like in Chicago, for example, um, there's a book that uses like 
Devin Hester as an endorser because he is this legendary former bear. And so I'm not totally up on when legal sports gambling is going to like Massachusetts where Pierce might have some influence, but like there is a strategy and I don't know how successful it's going to wind up being of getting these local athletes who fan bases gravitate towards as ambassadors for your brand. Yeah. I'm sure it sounds good on paper. Hey, Devin Hester, one of the great return men in history. Let's have him talk about our brand. How many times has Devin Hester talked about gambling in his life? <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, again, is he providing we, we, insight? Look, you and I have been fighting this battle. We talked about it on the air on your various platforms before. We've talked about it a lot in private where the um, there's just like a piece of the pie in sports media that is going to go to former athletes and coaches as these people who have kind of expertise from their playing days. And for whatever reason, like executives think that what they say carries credibility. And you and I can fight that until we die. Howard Cosell complained about this in his 1985 book. Wow. Um, he called it the, the word he used was jockocracy. Oh. And he, um, he, he said, like, how many times are we going to be subjected to the same worn out bromides Ooh, of these athletes? And here it. we are 35 years later talking about the same thing. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt about it that in, if you look at the last 20 years in sports media, OK, what TV shows have popped and who has been at the center of them other than. TNT's, you know, shoulder programming with Barkley and Shaq and Kenny Smith. Every other show has been a non-athlete behind it, but whether it's uh, PTI, well, Stephen A. Smith, Skip, Cowherd, like all the shows that have kind of popped. And again, I'm talking about like daytime programming. Again, shoulder uh, after and before a game is a little uh, difficult. But, but Ryan, would you would you disagree with that? Yeah, I mean, but we're talking about Pierce, who's on the bumper programming, and there yeah, are ways. Yeah. Okay, sorry. You know, I don't think he was making a big impact there. And if you had a dollar for every NBA player who hasn't worked out on ESPN's NBA studio shows over the last twenty years, you might have about an Andrew Jackson in your wallet. <laughs> so, um, the I, I understand your point and. I agree with you, but I think it's boring if we just agree with each other all the time. So, I mean, other bumper coverage where the athlete has made a difference, like I think on Fox NFL Sundays, there's a lot of internal research that shows that Terry Bradshaw has yes. been a big driver of why that show has been number one for 25 years or however long Fox Sports has existed. So there are yeah. some, like you mentioned Barkley and Shaq, there are some that move the needle and create legitimately differentiable programming that draws an audience. But I also agree with your broader point that um, I think that it is certainly can be overvalued in the industry, having been a star player without kind of regard of whether that star player is going to be motivated yeah. to prepare and bring something that you're not going to find anywhere else. I should amend the statement and say um, weekday shows 
um, TV shows that you actually have to tune into. A lot of people watch, uh, you know, I, you're right, Terry Bradshaw, tremendous. That show's great. It's been awesome. Uh, Tom Jackson had a good run, the linebacker with the Broncos, with uh, Chris Berman back in the day. And I think before and after games you can find success. But I guess the tougher one is during the week. And by the way, Ryan, you know this. Like, all these shows during the week help steer eyeballs to the games, right? That's why they created these shows, to, to, to generate more eyeballs. And ultimately, it ends up putting more money in the pockets of the players, right? Because right. of these TV deals. The, um, I mean, I guess the one example, if we're playing devil's advocate, that I can think of is Shannon Sharp. Um, you almost don't even think of him as being one of the four or five greatest tight ends of all time, multiple times Super Bowl winner when he's on Undisputed, but he is. And so I think that like that just shows kind of um, he, he's really the lone example you can find of a former star athlete carrying one of the not carrying, but being a major contributor day in, day out to one of these daytime studio shows. Yeah, he would actually be the blue, blueprint for how to do it. Uh, because he's hilarious. He he does a lot of funny shtick. And, you know, he's got like the horse's head, the goat head or whatever it is. And, and uh, you know, the liquor and the cigar. Like he has made it entertainment. And I guess a lot of the other guys that you watch on these shows, these athletes, they kind of kind of mail it in, right? I mean, like, hey, I made a lot of money playing sports and I know sports. So I lean on, lean on my old stories. And I've worked with a lot of them, sat at the desk. And yes, at the beginning, you're totally in awe of what Ray Lewis is saying. You're like, wow, this is tremendous. This guy's good. And, you know, there, there are moments that they have. I, I just, I don't know. When you, when you see the Paul Pierce news and then you see, oh, oh NBC, they, they got to lock up Drew Brees and uh, Peyton Manning, somebody's got to get him. And uh, what about this guy's post-sports um, career? And I, I don't know, Ryan, do they really move the needle that much? I, I, Romo has done great on social media, but is he driving more eyeballs to CBS games? Are you tuning into a CBS game? Cause Romo's calling it. Um, you know, John Skipper, who is the former head of ESPN, he's now um, running a media company with Dan Lebitard and Dan did an interview with him about a month or two ago, which is like a really expansive four part interview on his time running ESPN and all of these different kind of business, uh, situations that arose and one of the things he said was that there's never been any evidence that the people who are announcing the games do anything to attract or mm -hmm. detract viewership and so it, it's a it's an interesting thing where um cbs you mentioned romo they pay they're paying him like 20 million dollars oh, a year he's probably making more there than he ever made as quarterback of the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys. And um, on one hand, he, him and Jim Nance, who also just signed a very rich new deal for an estimated or reported eight figures annually, if they were replaced by, I don't know, Ian Eagle and Boomer Esiason, is there different viewership when it's like the Chiefs playing the... Um, Baltimore Ravens when we've got Patrick Mahomes versus Lamar Jackson? I think the answer is probably no. I think that the athletes on the field are the ones who drive the engagement. But on the other side of the coin, if you're CBS and you're going to be going from paying the NFL $1 billion a year to like $1.5, $1.6 billion 
you want your crown jewel Sunday afternoon property to really shine because it's a big window into your whole brand as a media company with the amount of resources that you're pouring into these NFL rights. So to answer your question, I can see why um, the these networks fall all over themselves to find the proverbial next Tony Romo because there are intangible benefits to it, but that's what those benefits are, intangible. So, you know, the counter would be, hey, hey, you got the crown jewel, and instead of spending 20 mil on Romo, you could easily get by spending 7 mil on some other guy. I don't think Boomer Esiason's the guy. Personally, I'm not, I don't think he's very good. But whoever you want to put in there, and then you take the other 12 mil and su- surround your the rest of your product, which is vastly inferior. When was the last time you turned on CBS Sports Network? You know, other than March Madness, I never go to the CBS Sports website ever. I was in a couple bracket contests. Like, I, I just find it a little silly. But this comes to another point that I want to ask you about is the whole idea of winning social media. You know, the, the funny thing with NBA trades are you don't actually have to get better. You just have to get more draft picks to make everybody on social media write on their blog and say, this team won the trade. It almost feels like a guy like Romo an addition of a Drew Brees. Hey, we won social media. Everybody likes these guys. They say cool things. It's a win. Uh, yeah. I mean, with Brees, that one is a little bit of a head scratcher to me because you could watch um, interviews with Tony Romo when he was a player and think to yourself, oh, that guy is going to be a good announcer. He speaks with zest. You can tell there's like kind of multi layers to his thinking. I'm not calling Breeze dim, but I am saying that I never saw him demonstrate in an interview that he was like thinking in second derivatives and communicating that accordingly. Yeah, I, it's almost like they want Breeze to read plays the way Romo does, you know? Um, I, I, that would be my guess, right? Because that's the thing that's new and cool. Uh, is that, oh, Tony Romo's calling the plays before they happen, and then ha, 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 he couldn't read defenses to save his life in Dallas. Uh, But I don't know. I guess on some level, do you kind of have to do something besides call a game? Like, you're right, Ian Eagle is but he's got a bunch of sayings that are really funny. The ironic part about Romo and is like obviously he was the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, and he was like a pro bowler, but he did not have the type of, on-field winning success that uh, makes Breeze so marketable to NBC as like a Super Bowl winner and somebody who like, I I think his team's like accomplished much more in the postseason than Romo's did. And instead of Romo convincing these networks, hey, maybe we want to go a tier below the super duper star so we can find somebody that is motivated in a way that like Paul Pierce wasn't. Um, instead of doing that, they go, okay, Breeze, Super Bowl winner. We have to lock him up. Yeah. Wouldn't it make sense? I mean, on the surface, I know he's not doing it, but Philip Rivers, to me, would have been way better because he has like, what, nine kids or whatever. There's no chance he's doing that and going on the road. But for me, a guy like Philip Rivers would crush it in the booth. He was into trash talking, um, very vocal, seems like he'll say whatever. You're right. I'm with you. I don't see the allure in Breeze. I want to quickly go back to gambling, Ryan. You know, five years ago, if you were to look at the opinion space, it was starting to pop, right? Um, 
FS1 was emerging as a player, and CBS Sports Network, NBC, NBC, I think, went after like Michelle Beadle at one point. Like everybody was trying to get into the opinion space. Fast forward to 2021, I know we're coming out of a pandemic, but it feels like opinions getting left behind a little, and it is we're starting to skew more toward gambling. However, the opinion shows you put them on YouTube and social media, and you can get the long tail. You can get a week or two and call those videos back up. These gambling stuff is like, oh, the night of the game. Now that 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 the content from that is irrelevant. Do you see gambling taking over the opinion space? Well, it's going to take over the opinion space. It's going to continue to do that for the near term, which I'll define as the next three, four, five years. Because right now, gambling is only legal in about a third of the U.S., maybe a little bit less. It, it It's on the horizon and getting legalized in New York. But at the moment, it's not in the four biggest states in America, which is like New York, California, Texas, and Florida. Yep. And so... Um, as long as these books are expanding into new territories and battling each other for market share, I think that there's going to continue to be a lot of resources poured into gambling. Now, what's less clear is what happens when there's federally legalized gambling. It's in every state and every kind of new sports gambling customer has ever has been captured. And now it becomes about retention instead of acquisition. Mm. So I don't know what it looks like once it becomes a mature marketplace like it is in Europe. But I think that that's going to come a time where the people who are like truly valuable at driving engagement within gambling ecosystems are going to be worth their weight in gold. And there's going to be data on who did not deliver those referrals in that retention and those people are going to have to pivot again. Interesting. So how do they do that? You know, you can quantify it, it sounds like, in the gambling space, driving referrals. But how do you quantify it in the opinion shows? Well, it's going to come down to multi-platform video views because the the cable TV industry is going to be in long-term structural decline. It's lost about 20% of its subscribers over the past decade, and the rate hasn't slowed at a point where I thought it was. Now we It's not going to go away completely. We're going to have ESPN. We're going to have Fox. You and I are going to be cable subscribers until cable is completely dead because we need it for live sports. But um, there, it, I, it is just going to be a continued trickle from cable to various digital and over-the-top platforms. And the people who can either drive subscriptions to an exclusive platform because they made their name, like let's say... Woj or Schefter wanted to start a Substack, and instead of seeing their scoops on Twitter, you had to pay six bucks a month for it on Substack to see it there. Um, how many people could they get? Not as many as see them on ESPN or see them on Twitter, but they're directly monetizing it. So there's going to be value for people who have such a big individual brand that they can get people to pay them directly for it. And then there's going to be people who are very smart. Okay, I'm going to make a video and I'm going to distribute it on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, 
platforms that we don't even know about yet. I'm going to do mm. Clubhouse. I'm going to do everything. You're going to be everywhere and you're going to aggregate the biggest possible audience that you can. And then you hopefully that's big enough that you can sell advertising based on it. Oh, so it'll be every individual hustling their butt off as opposed to the days where your dad and my dad probably worked the same job like 25 years, 35 years. Now everybody's going to be on their own island. Yeah, I mean, and it's going to there's going to be platforms competing with each other for these influencers like you see Twitter putting out kind of like a Substack uh, clone product where they want to keep the people who are big on Twitter in Twitter instead of sending them to a different subscription platform. And like you see all like Spotify is trying to get into live audio to compete with Clubhouse. And so that was one of the reasons like Spotify bid so much for the ringer is to take this content and make it proprietary to their own platform. So it's going to be a push and pull where the platforms want to keep as much of the creatives work in there and creatives have leverage of, okay, Spotify, I know what I'm worth. If you don't pay me this, then I'm going to go to Pandora or Sirius or Twitter or whatever instead. But that's the thing in sports, the platforms are not paying people, are they? Um, well, they like the ringer paid Simmons a nine figure buyout to make as much of their their content proprietary. Right. To but Spotify, all the guys under Simmons, they're not getting paid by Spotify. Um, no, they're getting Spotify pays Simmons. And then I mean, they are getting paid by Spotify because now they're they're Spotify employees. Simmons is the manager, but he's no longer owner of the ringer. So, like, that's so why when they Spotify have a union paying, drive. So let's take a guy like Ryan Rosillo. Let's say uh, if 100,000 people download his podcast. Does Spotify pay for the download or are they paying him a salary the way that, you know, ESPN pays a salary, CBS pays people a salary? Or is it per download? Meaning like, hey, you're a monster. You're a juggernaut. We're going to pay you for every listener you get. I don't know the answer, but I would assume that he has some type of hybrid contract where he has a base, and then if he hits certain download metrics, he gets bonuses. With the advertising, right. So, Yeah, because if he hits a certain amount of downloads, that means a certain amount of people are subscribing to Spotify Premium where there's no ads, and it means that a certain amount of people are downloading and hearing the ad-supported version. Um, And so between that, he's more valuable to the company, and they want to incentivize him to drive as many downloads as possible. But I don't know. That's just what I would assume as a way that would work for both sides. So when you look at a Facebook and a Twitter, um, you know, I don't care if you've got 5 million followers. It doesn't really matter. You're just helping their platform. You're not, I mean, I guess you could say you're helping yourself by building an audience, but the only way to build that is to monetize it with, like you said, a Substack or a podcast, but then you've still got to go on Twitter to get the people. So ultimately, yeah, but Twitter is launching their own Substack competition in-house where you make um premium product for put, for paying subscribers and it, they're they're like basically trying to replicate Substack within Twitter because they recognize that um they want the people who have big brands on there if they can 
figuring out a way to work with them to keep their audience in the platform. I feel like Instagram does the best job of that. That's another reason I've gone much less on Twitter outside of the big games and over to Instagram because you can get stuff from Instagram. People want to partner with you on there. And Twitter is just, to me, it's it's one of the worst platforms. I, again, I, you know, you build up a large audience. That's great. But ultimately, does it get yeah, you? Yeah, the anywhere? advantage of Instagram over Twitter is that um, they have an algorithm that optimizes what you see based on a weighted interest in it. Whereas if you're on Twitter, it's pretty chronological and everything except for like the most like ridiculous viral tweet like my tweet that pierce had been fired goes away in 15 minutes never to be heard from again whereas on instagram if you sign in a couple times a day you're going to see the information from the people who you want to see it most from all right he's ryan glass beagle i want to ask you what why do you have your uh twitter name as sports rapaport i have an idea but tell the audience it's rapport, R-A-P-P-O-R-T, which means um, kind of like if you and I, I think, I hope that the audience thinks we have good rapport, which means we're talking to each other well and like having a smart conversation between two people. And so that's, I guess I want it like my Twitter to be um, a smart conversation with me and my followers, but you're right. I probably should change it to our glass beagle at some point. Yeah, it's funny because I, I did you used to have a blog by that name? I did. Yes. Yes, that's right. Uh, and, and it's really it's a creative name, and uh, obviously it's you know you're smart, but I don't know if it hits the 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 masses on social media. Like I don't think they get it. You know. Yeah, I should change it. I think you're right, but I don't know if I can change my handle and keep my blue check mark. I think Ooh. if you change your handle, you might lose it. Bummer. All right, Ryan Glass Beagle, good stuff. He covers the media. Follow, hit him up on social media. Ask him questions. He knows everything. All right, Ryan, have a good one, man. <laughs> All right, thanks, Jason. Anytime. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. 
With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. 